This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. Rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Dwell in the tents of the wicked. My worst day living for God, I still want to be with Jesus. Amen. Have you ever been hurt, disappointed, gone through hard times living for God? You and everybody else. Praise the Lord, but I'm so glad I'm going through it with God. Say, so, well, if I wasn't in church, I wouldn't have gone through that. Oh, you go through it. People are people. Amen. But God's got good things in store for his people. Amen. Second Timothy, the third chapter. We're just going to stand for the reading of the word and just hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We love you. We love what we feel in this house. We love what we know in this house. Lord, our faith is not in the feeling. Our faith is in what you have proclaimed in your word, but we thank you, Lord, for just visiting us and working and strengthening and reassuring, God. Lord, we worship your holy name. It's only because of you we give you glory. Lord, I ask you to have your way tonight again and just talk to us today. Feed us with your word. We love you for it, God, in Jesus' name. I ask you to help me, Lord, just to be sensitive to the direction of your spirit in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Second Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away." God bless you. You can be seated. Appreciate my brothers and sisters. I'm going to ask you, please, to pay attention to the Word of God tonight. I feel like God wants to strengthen and help you. And, and uh, hallelujah, be so good if you'd just pay attention to the preaching of God's Word. We are living in those perilous times. Amen? We're living, amen? We're living in, in dangerous days. And I say that a lot. I read the Scripture a lot because we are living in it. And God wants to protect us in the midst of the day that we're living in. There's no day that's come about that is so evil that God's power can't keep his church. If you get focused on how evil and how dark the day is, you're going to miss the fact that God's great salvation that he has given his church is so much more glorious. You might have thought it was awesome, but I'm telling you, when people stand up and say, I'm still living for God in the last days, in the face of all this, well, I'll tell you, the blood of Jesus is powerful. Amen. 
Hallelujah. The name of Jesus is powerful. There's a description of these last days, the perils that the Bible talks about. It's not, as we've said many times, it's not the threat of pandemic uh, disease. It's not the threat of terrorism. It's not the threat of some kind of nuclear holocaust or some kind of uh, biological warfare. Oh, there's things in the Bible about some of that. But can I tell you that the Bible tells us the danger comes from the flesh and from the working of the enemy. Amen. I want to tell you that whatever you're looking to in this last day, when you are focused on flesh, on self, on what I want, what I need, and I'm telling you that this is what everything is just tuned into today. Amen. Praise the Lord that that it is so centered around self-will and selfishness. And and, uh, can I tell you the idols that you set up before God, whether it's your own pride or whether it's the amusements or the pleasures of this world that you put before God, can I tell you in the last days, the Bible talks about in Isaiah, the second chapter, it says they're, they're seeing God return. They're seeing the one that, that, that reached for them, the one that loved them, the one that sent his word to them, and they're seeing him coming. You know what they're doing with those idols? They're throwing them out. They're saying, what, what was I doing wasting my time? Have you ever just seen somebody and said, oh, what, what a waste? <laughs> they, would, they, they would sell themselves out for the, from the will of God for what? What would it profit a man if he would gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Your soul is worth the blood of Jesus. Your soul is worth more than this whole world. God sees the value in, in, in your eternity. Why don't you? And Paul talked about a day when, when those that would not surrender to God, those that would turn a deaf ear, those that would harden their hearts, will bow. Every knee, he said, will bow. Every tongue will confess, amen, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. How wise would it be to, to willingly just be able to say, you know, today, Lord, I see your love and your mercy and your kindness to me. I'm going to willingly just yield my life to you, willingly follow you. Amen. And go to heaven one day. Hallelujah. When I read these... Uh, attributes of flesh. I read these attributes of end time deception. It is, uh, there's nothing here that any one of us is not capable of, but it, it's just, uh, can I say it's, it's flesh that has, it's self-will that has rejected God and is just growing and, and, and building up in the last days in, in its, uh, it's just turning up the volume, if, it, if you will. Amen. The, uh, and and it, I, I believe it all, every bit of these, these, these attributes, he starts off with lovers of their own selves. Lovers of their own selves. You can say you love God. You can say you love serving God. 
but your true God and your true service, your true uh, true love will will show in the in the life that you lead. Words uh, are really cheap, but a life that is lived for God is is a life that shines. It's a life that's obvious that that uh, I, I I love Him. He's not making me. It's not He's not forcing me. It's not. It's something that I, I'm not doing it for the preacher. I'm doing it. I'm not doing it for my family. I'm doing this because I, I love Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Nobody's got to force me or make me feel uncomfortable. Praise God. Hallelujah. I I, I tell you, I, I understand. Uh, sometimes maybe it seems necessary and. I know sitting in church sometimes isn't a picnic, and I'll say, every now and then I'll say, just try to say kindly, please pay attention, and put your cell phone away, and don't pass notes or things like that. But, you know, it comes a point where that, among many things, I just, you know, you just don't want to just keep nagging for the rest of your life and and being that person that says that and is ignored. Amen. And there's a lot to do with preaching in that way, where, where, where people just... Uh, love themselves so much that you, you can preach against sin and, and uh, really just end up starving good folks that are saying, come on, help me live for God. Help me grow in God. Help me reach higher heights this year in my faith. Amen? Hallelujah. But people that are focused on, their, you know, when you love something, you're focused on it. When you love something, that's uh, kind of the center of your attention as well as your affection. And it's a dangerous place to be too self-focused that we're missing out on so much more. I, I, I was reading a book here the beginning of this year that has been uh, very, very uh, in- interesting. And it talks a lot about just people and, and different things. And, it, and the man told the story of a test that was given. And he said uh, he uh, had a, a, a video of, uh, that he would sit people in front of. And he would say there's going to be ten men in this video that are wearing black shirts. And there's going to be ten people that are wearing white shirts. Ten, ten men, I believe it was. And he said, I'm going to sit you down and I want you to focus. It's going to be a short video that I want you to see. Excuse me. And he said... Uh, just watch. They're going to be mixed around, I believe, and, and uh, they're going to be passing a ball around. Now, you just go ahead and watch and count every time someone with a black shirt folk, uh, uh, passes the ball to someone else with a black shirt. And when it's over, I'm going to ask you the answer, and uh, we'll see how good you do. And people got in this and sat down, and uh, just about every time that uh, they were done with the test, they'd say, uh, I counted uh, 15 times that this ball was passed from someone with a black shirt to someone else with a black shirt. And just about every single time that answer was given, and the answer was correct. But then they would say, okay, you got the answer right. Did you see the gorilla? They said, what? Well, in the middle of the video, a man comes out dressed like a gorilla and stands in the middle of the frame and beats on his chest like this and then walks off. Did you see that gorilla? There was a gorilla? That's not right. That's not real. No, it is real. It is right. And almost without exception, because they were so focused on what they were trying to understand, they missed something very obvious 
right in the center of the screen. And, and the, the, uh, the point of this was that, that our, our brains are really good at that. You know, there's some things right now that are, might be very hard for you to block out no matter how hard you try. But there's a lot of other things that just go on throughout the day and, uh, you're just not, your brain cannot take all the input that's going into it. So there's some things that just files back as not all that important. And what you're focused on is number one. Can I tell you, there's too many people focused on themselves that God steps into the middle of their situation and is dealing with them. I'm not tell, I'm telling you right now God's not absent. God's not not silent. God God's the Bible says that he is reaching out to us all day long. The Bible says he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the church. The question is not where is God and why isn't he moving and working? The question is what are your where's your focus? People that are so focused on themselves. I had a conversation with a brother this morning about uh, about just how, and, and I think I we'll probably talk about this a little bit more later on in this message. But how people are just so, 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 just they don't see, they don't care. And, and the brother said they seem just so disconnected. I said, "Such that's good. That is that is exactly what I'm talking about. That we are so focused on." what we want and what we that we're disconnected from what God is doing in our lives. And I see that I see it so much in in the spiritual aspect of living for God. That people and and rightly so they expect the preacher to to fulfill his uh his responsibilities. But can I tell you no matter how faithful I am if you are disconnected from the Spirit of God, if you are not sensitive to what God is doing, and your focus is on you, you're going to miss everything. In fact, you will, if you catch any bit of it, you're going to misread and misinterpret what God is doing. God's got good things for you. But we've got to get shaken out of our, uh, of our uh, lack of focus on what is truly important. Let's turn to the book of Acts, the second chapter. Acts, the second chapter. I tell you, there's there's something obvious going on in your life, but if if you're too focused on you and you don't let God be the center of your attention, you're going to mis, misread everything. Acts 2. Verse 37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter just got done preaching the very first message that that was inspired by the Holy Ghost after God poured out his spirit upon the church. Jesus paid the price on the cross died, was buried, rose again, ascended into heaven, talked about in the book of John how he would pour out his spirit and uh, after he was glorified and this had happened and now there's a gathering and Peter is preaching to the multitude that gathered around. When they heard the message, it says they were pricked in their hearts. They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, then Peter said, repent. 
unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Can I tell you that if we are in love with self, if we are self-focused in this generation, we are going to miss completely the presence of God that would bring conviction, that would prick our hearts. That word, I looked it up in several uh, dictionaries, several uh, Greek dictionaries. Strong's says to pierce thoroughly, to agitate violently, like sting to the quick. Thayer's says to prick, to pierce Metaphorically, to pain the mind sharply, agitate it vehemently. That's what God is doing in their hearts. Vines says to strike or prick violently, to stun. It's used in strong emotion to bring stupor or torpor of mind. It's like, what just happened? I just don't. God brings conviction to a heart that is humble enough to receive what God is saying. He'll, he'll prick our hearts. He'll, he'll, he'll deal with us with where we're living if we, if we let Him. I've heard it all my life how God is such a gentleman. He's not going to somehow barge into your home and into your, into your heart, into your life, but He'll knock. He'll prick your heart. How many times people have missed the conviction of the Holy Ghost by ignoring God, by being focused on on self-importance, amen? Others that have, have just misread it completely feel like maybe... God's trying to trying to save me. God's trying to, to, to get rescue me from sin. God's trying to take me out of things that are going to damage and, and hurt me and, and just give me a blessed life. No, no, no. They feel the pricking in their hearts. Say, what is, you, what is wrong with the preacher? What is wrong? God, why are you letting this happen? Like a child that's been, been uh, punished and saying, you... You hate me. You despise me. You, you, you don't love me. Oh, we missed it completely. You don't really understand the love of a, of a, a parent that would, would correct and, and direct life. Amen. So often we've seen that, that pricking of the heart and either, either just, just totally, totally misread. And Praise God. Somebody asked me here, I got an email this morning from someone that said, um, I looked at the word railing, and I think we're going to read it in a scripture here. About it, it talks about slander. And he said, don't you think, don't you think preachers are, are, are uh, guilty of that? And my first thought was certainly there, there are preachers that, are, that are, have gone too far. Um, but I, I, I thought about it longer because I really wanted to give a good answer. And, uh, you know, there, 
you know, you can't just paint the world with a broad brush. There's a lot of preachers who are what the Bible says, dumb dogs, afraid to bark. And, uh, and there are others, I'm sure, that are just very, very uh, harsh, and they don't have a shepherd's heart. But there is this understanding that sometimes that, that rod and staff that even in a shepherd's hand is meant to comfort me and to guide me and to lead me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake and try to get me away from all the, 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 the though I might want to, to get as close as I can to the, to the rapid water, he wants to lead me to still waters. Though I might feel like I got to go, 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 and, and he might lead me to green pastures. Amen. And he does that with his rod and staff. Amen. He protects, he guides, he's a good God. Amen. But that, that and, and we need that. We need to value that. We need, and, and the only way that conviction can be present in our lives where God can love us enough to warn us and protect us and to lead us with this is to listen to him. To develop that, that uh, humility in our lives and say, God, I... I don't want self-love, self-importance, focus on self to, to steal away the gift of, of your direction in my life. Isaiah, the 30th chapter. Isaiah 30. Hallelujah. Isaiah thirty twenty one says, And thine eyes shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right hand, when you turn to the left. One of these days soon, we're going to stop this coughing. Huh? When you go to the left or go to the right, you're going to hear a voice, a still, small, we talked about Elijah this morning, right? That still, small voice of Elijah. God's talking, God's dealing with folks, but so many, we're, we, so many just plow on through, not paying any attention to God. So sad. So, so heartbreakingly sad. He said, I'll, I'll talk to you, I'll guide you, I'll help you. If you can have that. I, I've said it for as long as I've been able to say anything. Because I know how God saved me. Thank God for good preaching. Thank God for good counsel that I've had in my life. But times that God just dealt with me and nudged me away from some things. Amen. You've got to to love God and love His presence and love prayer to to be able to, to feel that nudging of God. Man, I feel like so many times people have have just missed it because they've relied on on just the preacher being able to grab them and and tell them a thing or two. You know, after a while, flesh gets so strong, you you end up hating that one that you've relied on. Say, man, he he loves me so much. And then, can I tell you, that's that's not it. God's got to. You've got to have a walk with God. You've got to be able to, to feel like, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't a good idea. God will lead you away from some things. God will show you some things. Amen. And, and, and with that still small voice. And he'll lead you towards some things. 
He'll, he'll lead you in, in prayer. He'll lead you in worship. You might, uh, he might help you just, just get out, he'll help you get out of your comfort zone and grow in some things. Don't you sit around and say, well, the preacher's going to, I'm not going to do this unless the preacher preaches this exactly like this and, and he mentions this and he uses this Bible verse. Come on. Be saved. Amen. Be able to say, I feel like God's wanting me to, you know, if, if you, can I say this? This might just, this just be a, a little more challenged than some of you thought you'd get tonight. But, you know, if you do everything exactly the same spot, the same way, the same method, the same prayer, God never, never, never led you to, to, to drop to your knees. God never leads you to just uh, get excited. God never leads you to just help pray, pray with somebody. God, come on now. Something's wrong. Amen. There, there, there can be this comfort zone. It ends up being just a rut ends up being just a just a place where where we're not being we're comfortable by being protected from the enemy we're being protected by the unknown which faith wants to take you out of the boat amen and there's going to be times where god wants you to grow and grow in in, in working and 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 your worship and doing more I, I truly believe God wants us this year to look at some of the very basic things in our life, like like prayer and, and and our Bible study and our personal devotions and our some of the things we talked about here recently, just around the house of God, our prayer and our worship. And you know what? The Holy Ghost can lead you. Let me say this: I, I don't think it should be a, a, a tough thing at all for me to say, honey. You know what? Uh, you, you should. You know, maybe maybe if you'd, you'd uh, listen a little more and put your hands up in the air and do this and that, and, you know, it'd probably help you. It's, it'd help me and it'll help you. And, and you, I, I, there's no problem with that. That's, that's just good advice. And, you know, but I promise you after a while, people are like, who do you think you are? You don't need to tell me anything. That's, that's the generation we're living self-love. But the truth is, praise God, there's nothing wrong with that. But if she get up there, too, and just say, you know what? I really feel like God's, I, I just feel like I want to do more. I'm, I'm kind of shy, shy, and I don't feel like it. And she's not. I'm just using her as an example. I can use Sister Ash, use anybody here. Praise God. But uh, just, you know, God will lead you to do, break out a little more. Say, I, I just need to really have a break. Sometimes even before service, I just feel like I need a breakthrough tonight. And I'm going to have to push a little harder and give a little bit more of myself. And that's good church. You know, God's leading you, God's, you know, and, and there's a good rapport where I can just say, hey, you know what, this might be, it, it might be good for you to, 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 you know, put away your distractions. It might be good for you. That's, that's not meanness. You know, it, it'd be good for you just to, just, just maybe pay more attention or do, you know, that's not, that's not being cruel. Amen. It'd be good for you to, to, you know, you've been drifting a little bit. You need to just lay down some things that, that just aren't. What we do, what we believe. Amen. That's just what a shepherd will do. But you know what? Good, solid folks that are really just, they're loving God more than loving self. Not loving self and loving pleasure. God's already leading that. God's already doing it. You know how many times I've gone to good folks that know that they just really want to be saved. said, you know, probably be better for you if you'd maybe just go ahead and, and just... Do this. Just, just try, try to really reach out, and this might help you. God was already dealing with me about that. You know, the best, the best interaction is when folks say, "You know what? I, I knew that was right, and I should have, and and, and I, you know, I kind of balked at it. I backed out. 
You know, thank you for, for he- just encouraging me to do what I know I need to do. Amen. We're all going to heaven. Amen. We're all doing everything we can to get there. We, we oughtn't be hey, just uh, with, uh, coming to church with a chip on our shoulder. Sensitivity. Sensitivity to conviction. Sensitivity to, to God's, to, to, to some things we should stop doing. Some things that we should do. Amen. And direction. Somebody say direction. First Peter, the third chapter. First Peter three. <coughs> Hallelujah. Verse eight. Seems to me that as we look at first Peter, he's talking about how we interact with one another. Kind of getting a little more specific about that whole thing about loving one another. And I think because he's being specific about how we love one another, a lot of this we could say, well, we're supposed to love people and, you know, no matter where we are, let's look at some of this way we love people and take it outside the building as well. Amen? So he says in 1 Peter 3, 8, Finally, be ye all of one mind. Have, now listen, having compassion one of another. How do you have unity? Let's start with compassion. You care about people. This idea that we are so self-absorbed, so disconnected, has just fully pulled just common courtesies. It says having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Care about people. Be courteous towards people. Amen. When you see people that are hurting, we're living in a day. I'm not here. I'm not ranting and raving. I'm telling you about the spirit of the day. We're living in a day where, where I've seen people that just, you, you, you know, you've got to get past them or something in a, in a grocery store. And, and you look at them, you smile, you say, excuse me. And they look at you like, did you want to fight me? Adults. Or they'll look right through you. Like I, I didn't. I'm sorry. I guess I'm just in your world, and I and I interrupted that. I apologize. But and, and I I mean just commonly every day. I'm I'm not just griping. I'm just saying people people just have lost their sense to be courteous to treat people like people like human beings that have feelings. Amen. Well, praise God. We need to be different than that. We need to see people and recognize them and, and show them the, the love and respect and pity folks and have compassion on people and be courteous to people. Amen. I, I, was, I was telling you about my discussion this morning. I was thinking over the years, it just it amazes me. I know we have battles and, and, and troubles and we don't always come to church with as much pep and energy as we want. But, you know, I don't look at churches. This might be simple. Let me just throw this in here a little bit. I'll feel it, and uh, we'll move on. But can I tell you that I look at church. I'm not. This isn't just pastor and saint and parishioners. And We're a family. We're people. We're friends. I, over the years, I remember folks just sitting in, in church and, and thinking, you know, I, I, I have dinner with you. Why would you sit just right there? I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. It's no difference than us maybe doing this at our house somewhere and and looking like you hate what's going on so much you can't even act like you're involved in it. 
you try your best to be disrespectful or dis, disconnected from it all. And I'm thinking, I know you. You know me. We're not, this isn't a big old church that we don't, praise the Lord. I look around, I walk around afterwards, and sometimes the next morning I'm praying and walking through. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I think about this, God bless you. But I, I pick up, uh, you know, like used Kleenexes. And I think, I can't imagine what would happen if I would come to your house, blow my nose, and stick that in the sofa and walk away. That would be so disrespectful. But church is different. It's like Walmart. Who cares? You know, you throw stuff around. But you know what? We should care. I'm not just talking about petty peeves of mine. I'm talking about an attitude of just caring of what you do, caring about people, caring about, about being decent, caring about having courtesy. And when we get that attitude, God, God gives us a sensitivity. Hear what I'm saying. When we break out of that self-love that acts like, let somebody else clean that up. Let somebody else worry about that. I don't care what he's thinking about me. Praise God. This is my world. Amen. When we get out of that self-love, self-important pride, and we start loving God, we humble ourselves, and we get a sensitivity. Amen. Where, Where we care about people. We don't treat people like furniture, like animals. Amen. Praise God. We treat people with, with God starts leading. God starts saying, you know, help them out. Do something nice for them. Has he ever done it? Sure he has. Well, he just doesn't do that kind of thing much anymore. Yeah, he wants to. You're just not, you're not seeing the gorilla in the room. You're not seeing God say, hey, hey, there's things to do around you. There's kindness that you can show. There's fruit that you can bear. If we can get as far away from this self-loving generation and be like Jesus, that, that we can be sensitive, sensitive to conviction, sensitive to, to direction, sensitive to, to God's teaching and leading us. Oh, it, it, just, it, it just makes every day just exciting. To know that God is working in our lives. This isn't a routine, a ritual, a give me, I need, this is about me, and how dare they. Uh Uh-uh. It's just God, I'm so glad to be a part of what you're doing. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Sister Katie, could you help us out one more time tonight on the platform? Perilous times. God's church has been given a great salvation. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, church, today, you can have a form of godliness. It says in this list of end time attributes, but not have the power. I believe because... You can still have a form of church attendance, a form of worship, and still love yourself too much. Oh, I know. We talked about it. There's a balance to that. We are, the Bible talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. We're not talking about that healthy kind of knowing that you're important in the eyes of God and you're loved and You take care of yourself in God. No, we're not talking about 
any of that. But we're talking about pride that makes self love so important that we miss God. We our focus is so so distracted from what God is really doing. You're missing the obvious. God's trying to bring conviction. God's trying to lead you in some things. God's trying to use you in some things. But we go through the motions, distracted by our own flesh. Can we stand, please? Oh, Lord, we worship you. We praise your wonderful name. I wonder if anybody here today, you just want to take some time, find a place to pray. You want to stand, you want to kneel. Let's just talk to God. Let's talk to God. Ask Him to help us. Lord, we humbly come before You. We humbly come before You and ask You to help us to love You first, to love You most. To love our neighbor next, Lord. And We're after all that, God. If your focus is on other things, you're going to really, you're really not going to see why we're doing what we're doing. You're not going to understand with spiritual understanding. The Bible talks about that carnal mind, that flesh-centered mind. It's not subject to the laws of God. You cannot comprehend what the Spirit is doing. God's working God's going to help you. More than anything else, He's going to help you be saved. But He's also going to work in you to perfect you, to to help you grow and to learn. He's going to help you direct you, give you the help you need to be a, a testimony, be a witness to people around you. worship you. We thank you for your presence here tonight. We thank you for Lord, just all you've been doing in us, Lord. And we ask you to help us to take this with us, to think on it, to pray about it, Lord, and to be more sensitive, Lord, to your spirit, 
Let this flesh decrease, Lord. Let your spirit work in a great way, God. I'm believing, Lord, I'm believing you're going to work on people. Open their eyes, help them to see more than ever before, God, the leading of your spirit, God. Bless your people, Lord. God, keep us safe as we travel. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you as you go. Shake hands with everybody around you.